0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast and thank you for joining us for this Wednesday edition of the Source of Truth podcast and the wonderful opportunity to be in the Word of God with you. And we're glad you've joined us today. We'll quickly love to invite you to our services tonight. Bible study on the attributes of God in the auditorium. Teenagers will start in the gym, the kids start in the kids' club wing, and then it swaps places halfway through the night. And uh, something for everybody, a nursery, if needed, tomorrow night as well. And so all that's available, we'd love to invite you if you can make it on property. And if for some reason you're unable to make it on property, invite you to join us online. And the adult Bible study will be streamed tomorrow at 7 in the auditorium. We're going to continue in Psalm chapter 102 this morning. So if you're following along with us, um, interestingly enough, as I was continuing to study, I looked at the first few verses yesterday. We talked about it, but I have to be honest in doing more research on the passage today i missed a couple spots in the aspect of the context and and one of some some truths about the chapter uh we i made a very clear statement that it was david who wrote it which It's not 100% guaranteed because it never states David. Most people believe it's David because the way the Hebrew writings were, uh, Psalm 101 was stated by David, and therefore the next one often goes. But as I looked at it, it's interesting because as you dig deeper into the passage, there's a lot of people who believe, and there's probably truth to it, that much of what you see in this chapter is messianic. So it's not necessarily, per se, David himself. Some people believe everything in this passage is David looking ahead to the to the sufferings that Jesus would endure. To be honest, I studied that. That's a possibility. Most people look back and say they can't guarantee it's 100%. You can run to one verse towards the end of it, and it talks a phrase that was quoted in Hebrews or in the New Testament about Jesus. And, but there's obviously a messianic aspect to it. And so what, what, what we want to look at, though, in these sections is still... This author, still talking, you know, it could be prophetic, could be messianic, but the fact is he's still sharing an absolute heart for uh, a transparency within his heart of what he's going to say. So it's important to know the context, it's important to know what's going on, and uh, we want to make sure we make, because you can't really interpret Scripture correctly until you know the context. Who is it? Who wrote it? Where is it going? who's it written to, what's what's the intended, you know, audience, things of that nature. So it's important to know these things, uh, but once you get those things, it's easier to look down at simple, practical thing. What we're going to see, similar to what we saw yesterday, is the fact that in these prayers, there is an openness, there is a transparency of the battles that are going through. And so let's say this is, um, because some would say one, one, Theologian believes is actually not messianic. It's other prophets like Jeremiah or those who are writing this while they're seeing Israel in captivity, which is intriguing because David was not in they were not in captivity as David was king. So you look at this, and obviously there is great persecution against the nation of Israel. So you could believe it's here's the thing. Uh, you know, depending who you read on it, could be who's what's the premise of the passage, or what is that aspect of it. So what I want to do is really just focus a few verses and just how we can what we can pull from it today. We know that whether this is messianic for down the road, or whether it was written by prophet for things that happened to Israel before doesn't change. Both of them would fit in the application we're looking at today, that when we are going through a battle, when we are going through things in our life that just are struggling, there is a transparency that is good, that is healthy in our walk with God. It is a great application to this. And so we talked a little bit about, or we walked through the first three verses yesterday, but let's continue on in verse number four, as the author continues to talk about his, the physical, physical effects of the things they're going through. In verse number four, he says, my heart is smitten and withered like grass so that I forget to eat my bread because I'm so overwhelmed. You can talk about the physical exhaustion of the persecution. This could be something like the anxiety is so strong, it's overwhelming him physically. There's so much going on there. He said that it's so overwhelmed that I'm so weak that I forget to eat. I'm just, I can't even, I'm not even really concerned about eating. Verse 5, by reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin, because I'm so overwhelmed by the just the overwhelming nature of what's taking place. He said that I've just, I I feel sick, I've lost weight. All of these things, it's just, there's a physical turmoil that's taking place. My heart, the physical aspect. Then he goes, now, I find these next few verses intriguing. It took me a bit, I had to look them up. When you first look at them, I... Really, at the top of my head, I had no idea what this would work like, and so he says, "I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I am. I watch, and then as a sparrow upon the housetop. What, what do the three birds have to do anything?" And obviously, I, I don't know a whole lot about birds per se, but reading this is intriguing. Is when he talked about the pelican, the pelican really kind of as a as an he kind of as an ugly creature. He says, I, that's what "I'm like I'm separated as." as seen as ugly, per se. And then he goes on to the next one. He says, I'm like the owl of the desert. I, I thrive off the, the solitude of what an owl would, quiet and solitude, he goes, and I, I thrive off of that. Then he goes on, he goes, I, am, I watch, I'm like the sparrow. He goes, I, the sparrow's like sitting on the to- housetop watching to protect the land. He goes, and I feel like I'm unable to do that. So he uses these metaphors, he goes, I am like, actually it's similes. I am like, these things. He goes, this is how I feel. And he's describing what would be understandable verbiage in those days, describing the different animals. And he's saying, this is just how I feel. So he's taking the culture around him and saying, I'm feeling He goes, I feel like I'm unwanted, I feel like I'm unloved, I feel like I'm alone, I feel like I'm the only one looking down and there's nothing I can do about it. He said, I'm just, again, this, this absolute nature being overwhelmed with all of the things going on. Then he continues to reference the, the battles. He says in verse 8, My enemies reproach me all the day. They that are mad against me are sworn against me. They, he says, my enemies are against me and if they're mad, I mean, they've made a covenant to ruin me. He says, "'For I have eaten ashes like the bread, and mingled my drink with weeping.'" It says, when they they would get in sackcloth and ashes, when they would be under such grief, they would take ashes and put them on his head. He goes, "'But he's been surrounded by ashes so long, it's falling off of him into his food.'" Because of thine indignation and thy wrath, for thou hast lifted me up and cast me down. He goes, because of all the things that your wrath has allowed us to go through. Because I'm here because of you, which is not wrong. He's right. The justice of God. He goes, my days are like a shadow that declineth, and I am withered like the grass. And he just continues to just talk about the physical exhaustion. Then he goes to verse 12. But thou, O Lord shalt endure forever, and thy remembrance unto all generations. He said, I, this is not easy, and I am overwhelmed. And he gives a whole list of the, the physical, he's just trying to describe the physical exhaustion, and the overwhelming physical effect that this turmoil is having upon him. And he says, but thou, art Lord, thou, O Lord, shalt endure forever. He comes back, as we said yesterday, to this promise. Now, again, as we said yesterday, one thing is the thing that's important. We should not let, while the, the, while the circumstances of life will bring with it its spiritual and emotional battles, which results in physical effects, it definitely does. We can't allow those things, oh, no big deal, that's just who I am. We cannot become identified by those battles. God has given us freedom from those things. I should not. I have to learn to deal with them. I have to learn to process them. I have to learn to, how do I, how do I live with the circumstances with not becoming an anxious person? With not, you know, just thinking panic attacks are part of life. How, how do I grow and mature to where I can endure and, and go through the things of life without them overwhelming me? So he comes down, obviously, you see verse 12, but thou, O Lord, shalt do it forever. He constantly reminds himself that God is in control. He constantly reminds himself that the things around are outside his control and there's not much he can do about it, so he's just begging to God. But one of the ways he does that is just honestly, transparently before God, saying this. Is just too much. It's when we come to that point that we can begin to really enjoy the mercy grace of God. God will help us in any situation, but as long as we are convinced that we can solve our circumstances ourselves, we won't be able to. We won't be able to enjoy His grace. We need to come broken. We need to come empty to Him. And I don't mean depressed or discouraged. I mean, we need to come with the full realization that there is nothing that we can do to solve the situation. Because we, you know, maybe we put ourselves there, maybe we didn't, but there's nothing we can do. We need God. And that's exactly where God wants us to be. If I'm low enough that I'm willing to come to God, then I'm surrendered enough to watch God work. And then I can see what He's going to do then I can begin to see him work in some of these situations. Sometimes God brings us so low that the only thing we can do is look up. We're so low, that's all we can do. We're forced to look up and then we can see God. And I wish I could say that if we were perfect, there's no way to be perfect, but always looking at God, we wouldn't have conflict, but I can guarantee you it would be minimal. And as we mature in Christ, the goal to mature in Christ is to be able to get to the point where whatever circumstance we're in, we we are not overwhelmed and consumed with the physical and emotional effects. I should be able to trust God enough. That's where it goes back to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understandings. Why that verse? Lean not into thine own understandings. Why is it so important? Simply, if I am looking at life, my circumstances from how I can figure it out, I will become anxious. Because I'm trying to figure out God's divine plan in my life and my human reasoning and I can't even figure out the weather in my human reasoning. I can't figure out my own battles in my human reasoning. How am I going to figure out God's divine plan? I don't. i got to let that go and give it to God and say, God, I don't understand it, but I trust in you with all my being and I'm going to continue to trust in you. That's what I must do. That's how I approach I must take. And I must accept that, all those. And so I, 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 yes, I'm going to acknowledge the battles because that's how I go to God with it. But then I give it to Him, I leave it there. That's why we go to Him daily and God in the Word of God and prayer. So I can leave these things at His feet and I can go through the day with His grace. And that is, it's a lesson, we have to learn this. It's not something we just do and it's no big deal. I must practice this, but it's needed. It's not easy, but it's absolutely needed. It's part of that growing that you need to do in Christ. It's part of the maturity that Christ is trying to develop in you. And may we all today allow Him to have the battles we have, give it to Him, but continue to keep our trust in Him and not allow these things to control us or overwhelm us. Thank you so much again for the privilege to be part of your day. Again, tonight we invite you to join us 7 o'clock here in the auditorium with the Adult Bible Study, Teens, Kids, Nursery. Uh, Again, if you can't join us online, you can't join us here in person, sorry, join us online 7 o'clock, our website, then SalemBaptist.org, Facebook page, or YouTube channel. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again next time.